Hello there, this is Fiona, host and main GM for What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. This is another special bonus Q&A episode to tide us over till the next one-shot. I'm going to be answering some of the questions I've been receiving about this podcast, and in this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about the last three one-shots we've done. So those were Star Wars Edge of the Empire, Fiasco, and Goblin Quest. Hopefully you've already listened to those episodes, otherwise, spoilers. First question, what's the biggest thing you have learned whilst doing this podcast? Oh, quite a lot of things, actually. Um, When we did Star Wars, Edge of the Empire, it was very last minute, so I didn't have time to plan where it was going to be. And it turned out none of the players or myself have a suitable living area. So we decided we'd go and do it in this gaming venue that's just down the road from us. Unfortunately, it turned out to be very, very busy, and the quality of that one-shot isn't as good as I'd like it. So I do feel it's not one of the best one-shots we've done, but I have to say, the players were really enthusiastic, they really enjoyed it, they really got into it. I think you can tell at some points they were a bit struggling on how to roleplay and stuff, but then they really got into it, and they really enjoyed their adventure together. So I think that was really good. The other thing I've learned about, top tip if you're ever going to do this, make sure you're recording into the right microphone. You might have noticed with Goblin Quest, the intros and outros aren't very good, and I couldn't think why at the time they weren't very good, and I realised much later that I was recording with the wrong mic. So record in a quiet space if you can, and uh, check which mic you're recording into. (laughs) Second question, what was it like to be a player rather than a GM in both Fiasco and Goblin Quest? Hmm, this is quite interesting because it was the first time I'd played those games and played as a player whilst also doing the rules. In a way, it's much harder to be creative or funny if you're constantly juggling two roles. I I say this as someone who's, you know, not a particularly funny person, but, you know, I was trying to be creative when I was trying to come up with things. But I guess it's something that comes with practice. I did enjoy getting to play, and I feel out of the two of them, I enjoyed Goblin Quest more. But Fiasco, I can imagine playing that again and again and again with different people. Okay, question three. Is it better to stick with pre-made adventures or make up your own? Depends on how much time you have to prep. As I said before in the previous Q&A, some of the pre-made adventure modules may need several reads through for the Game Master to absorb everything, but you then have the basis of a solid story and then some pre-generated ideas for side quests, or even the outline of the world that you and your players can fill in over time as you play. As it turned out, whilst recording those episodes, I didn't really have much time to learn the game mechanics and create a unique original world setting or a comprehensive storyline. So for those last few one-shots, I did rely on pre-made adventures or pre-made materials that came with the books. Again, I always credit them and I provide links to purchase them and giving out spoilers when necessary. In Star Wars Edge of the Empire, that was Escape from a Shooter, the starter adventure from the starter set. Both Fiasco and Goblin Quest have many different tables that you can choose from within their books. In Fiasco, it was Into the Ice, which is the Arctic setting. In Goblin Quest, during their Kickstarter, they actually had authors that had contributed ideas and tables to create pre-generated adventures. So it was one of those people. Forgive me, I can't remember who it was. Also, what's great about Fiasco and Goblin Quest is the focus on collaborative storytelling. Everyone has some creative say in it. These games will always be unique every time you play them. So it's perfect for one-shots. So yeah, there's no right answer whether it's better to stick with pre-made or to make up your own adventures. And if you feel confident in creating your own world off the bat, do it. Go for it. Final question. What has been the favourite part of the one-shot so far? So I did answer this before, but I do quite like the end of Goblin Quest. 
there's a moment in the final mission where it all looks very, very bleak. And Dean's final goblin, because he's a nonconformist, he just says, this is too much. I'm going home and rolls to open the door and leave. And he does it. And I just remember because I just didn't expect it. It was just like the perfect ending to that one shot. It had been so bizarre, so silly and so enjoyable. So I do highly recommend Goblin Quest. And I think it's been one of my favourite ones to play. More of an aside, but I do also get the absolute pleasure of having personal feedback texted to me from my mother, who tells me how much she's enjoying the podcast or if my friends are being too rude. So if you're listening, Mum, thank you so much. I do appreciate it. Okay, so before I end this bonus episode, it's time for Help! My fictional RPG character is having difficulties. Oh, is this thing on? Oh yes, it is good. Dear Agony Aunt, all my wizard friends have these really cool wands. Some are made of, like, hawthorn, birch, cedar. You know, some are metal and shiny. One of my mates even has an invisible wand. Imagine that. Well, I suppose it's easy to imagine. It's, it's just invisible. My wand, unfortunately, well... It's a bit of cut-off plywood I found in a skip. And it has bite marks on it from when I had to wrestle it from a ravenous badger. He, he was also in the skip. It was an eventful evening. Anyway, how would you recommend I tart it up a bit? You know, give it some zip. I need to match my peers. Uh, thank you, Agony Aunt. How do I, how do I turn this? Uh, the, the red, the red one? Okay. My main bit of advice would be, don't compare your wand to other wizards' wands. I'm sure your wand is completely functional, and (laughs) as long as it's functional, that's all that matters. (laughs) I will say, though, if you wish to make your wand more aesthetically pleasing, check out Pinterest. There's plenty of crafts and DIY stuff that's on there. If you go to a craft store, there's this thing called washi tape. I think I'm pronouncing that right, which is like very thin tape, which has got patterns on it, usually like dogs or clouds or speech bubble, anything like that. So you could like get a couple of rolls and yeah, if you feel like pulling out all the stops, so to speak, maybe add a few rhinestones. The look of an expensive wand with minimal financial effort, I guess. Maybe if you're feeling particularly adventurous, actually carving the image of the badger you defeated into the wand like a what are they called a frieze a fresco a painting i don't you know like a yeah you, you get the idea just don't overdo it you know think about the kiss principle keep it simple silly too many additions to your wand will make it stand out for all the wrong reasons and it may be unwieldy as a result I'm hoping to do more of these Q&A bonus episodes in future, most likely after the next two or three one-shots. If you have a question you would like to send in, or submission for help my fictional RPG character is having difficulties, please send them along to our email address. That's whatamyrollingpodcast at gmail.com. And that's it. Great. See you next time. And remember, don't compare your wand to other wizards' wands.